Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! And finally, we're in to Big Sky Conference play. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. It's a Monday, so that means we are jam-packed, stem to stern, all football, all show long. We'll get things started with the Montana Football Hour. Recapping a couple victories by the two Montana schools, each one of them at home this last weekend. Montana State drills Stetson 57-20 to during the day game. And then what a night it was in Missoula. Washington Grizzly Stadium was absolutely rocking. The two-time defending Division II national champions from Ferris State were in town, and they were as advertised. I actually think they were better than advertised. Bulldogs give the Grizz everything they can handle and then some, but Montana... Wins the field position game, makes big plays when they needed to, and they emerge with a 17-10 victory. So, uh, Montana, it's been an interesting non-conference for the Grizz. Three games in which they were favored in, three games in which they won, a couple games where they maybe left something to be desired. That said, you can't be any better than 3-0, and and they got a couple more Big Sky games that they should be heavy favorites in coming up uh, these next couple weeks before they have to go to UC Davis. So we'll break down where the Grizz are at, where the Grizz need to get to, and how are they able to get it done on Saturday night against Ferris State. We'll also break down how the Bobcats bounced back after their loss to top-ranked South Dakota State. They've made uh, short work of Stetson. I mean, 57-20 to 20 sounds like a blowout, but this game was 41-6 uh, to 6 at halftime, and it could have been even 48-6. to 6. Bobcats got a touchdown called back 
uh, as well. But, I mean, they were just doing whatever they wanted in the first half, and then they were able to just play a bunch of backups and even third-string and fourth-string guys in the second half. Pretty much everybody that dressed played there in Bozeman. And there may be a little sympathy given the uh, the game-day logistics for the uh, Stetson Hatters. We'll get into that here uh, in just a little while as well. A big day around uh, – I guess a big weekend around the world of football as well at the high school level, so we'll get to some of those scores uh, as well. And uh, that's all in hour number one. Hour number two, NFL Week 2, almost in the books. A Monday night football doubleheader coming up tonight. The games are actually, usually they're a, lot, a lot of times they're spaced out, and there's a you know, like a 5-15 kick and then like an 8-30 kick. Usually there's a West Coast game, uh, but not tonight. Uh, you got a 5 o'clock kick and a 6 o'clock kick. So one of the games will be pretty much, uh, you know, I don't know, getting close to halftime by the time we are off the air here uh, at 6. And uh, then the game in Pittsburgh will just be getting underway pretty much standard, normal uh, Monday night football time. But both these games, East Coast games, New Orleans at Carolina is the quote-unquote early game. And uh, then Cleveland at Pittsburgh, the black and blue division, the AFC North uh, that should be a really good one there in Pittsburgh. So uh, week number two of the NFL, almost in the books. So we'll break it all down. Marty Mornoweg, longtime NFL coach, 27 years in the NFL. Uh, he'll join us for the Monday afternoon quarterback to talk our way uh, all the way around the uh, the Sunday that was. Pretty intense Sunday yesterday. I think there was two overtime games, two other games that were decided by two points, and two more games after that that were decided by three points. There's also, a, I mean, there was a one-point game, multiple one-point games, multiple overtime games. So a ton of uh, close margins and uh, totally unpredictable, but this is what makes the NFL uh, so exciting. So there you go. A ton of football talk here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate you for tuning in. I'm Coulter Duanas. Andrew Houghton will join me throughout the uh, Montana Football Hour. And then, of course, Marty Mortaweg will uh, join us uh, in hour number two. So very much looking forward to having Coach Marty back uh, in the studio. You can always stream the show, 1029ESPN.com, uh, or by downloading the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can also always do that by calling or texting. Texting is the best way to get a hold of us. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And uh, all guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. I got to take in some high school football on Friday night. Uh, my first live appearance at Missoula County Public Stadium. Went and checked out the old alma mater. Went and watched the, the Big Sky Eagles against the uh, Butte High Bulldogs. And uh, it was it was one of the games of the week. At the AA level, really spirited effort on both sides. I was very impressed with both teams. I think both teams are good and have a chance to be really good. I mean, I think both those teams could make the playoffs and, and even make some noise in the playoffs. Butte ends up emerging with a 36-29 win over Big Sky, but uh, I was very impressed with what I saw both sides. Butte and their up-tempo offense, they run this sweet spread that Ari Gray has uh installed there then they've been running it for a while now I mean he's been the coach there for more than a decade and they were sort of one of the first teams in Montana to really start spreading people out but they certainly uh, look really good running it you can tell so many of the athletes have been in the system for a while because they're boom 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 up to the line of scrimmage they're rolling and uh impressed with the quarterback play uh Russo uh, Batterman who was our vertical raise class double a player of the week last week as advertised, he looked great again. I mean, we gave him his award after the game, which was really cool. And uh, I actually was not – I had to leave a little bit early, but Pete Hamill from Vertical Rays uh, 
got to give Batterman his award in person, and he sent along a picture and, and said Russo's very appreciative of it. So uh, that was cool. And a uh, really good effort on both sides. Big Sky has a lot of talent, especially in the offensive skill positions. The Eagles forever, under Gary Ackergate and Matt Johnson, pretty much the only, I mean, not pretty much, the only two head coaches that Big Sky has had over the last 35 years. Uh, Eagle Eagles always known for being tough, hard-hitting, disciplined, uh, good defensively, almost always a defensive-oriented team. And this team's good on D. This Big Sky team's good on defense for sure. But they have a lot of great skill player talent as well. A lot of speed. Uh, Joey Sandberg out of the backfield is really, really electric running back. I was really impressed with all their receivers. And I thought they ran well in the defensive secondary as well. So uh, that's a good win for Butte. And Butte is, uh, they're right there right now. Butte's 3-1, and one, and that's a big road win uh, for Ari Gray's Bulldogs. And uh, it was a little big chance dropping to 2-2, two and two, but they are certainly uh, very much in the mix. The Treasure State media poll for week four is uh, is out, and uh, Gallatin, number one again, second week in a row that Gallatin High has been ranked number one. Bozeman High School, they're also 3-0. Those are the last two undefeated, excuse me, they're also 4-0. Those are the last two undefeated teams, the two teams in Bozeman, and uh, Bozeman High is number two. Butte sticks at number three after they moved to 3-1. and one. Glacier bounced back from their loss at Butte last week with a win. Uh, they crushed Helen High, so Glacier holds steady at number four, and then Missoula Sentinel back into the top five. Uh, Sentinel put it on flathead on Thursday, so the Spartans also off to a 3-1 and one start. Um, Helena High also got some votes as well, despite their lopsided loss uh, at, uh, excuse me, uh, to Glacier. A couple other double-A scores. Skyview rolled up Belgrade 35-14. Billings West trounces Billings Senior 51-7. Capital rolls Hellgate 63-2. Ouch. I, I don't even know. Is it... I never really, really even seen 63 to 2. 63 to nothing is more common than 63 to 2. So um Knights still searching a little bit for sure. Uh the final of, of Glacier Helena, by the way, was 35-7. Gallatin destroyed CMR 54 to 6. And uh Bozeman, their four straight win, 35-7 uh over Great Falls High. Couple class A scores for you. Glendive beat Haver 21-20 in a good one. Big four continued their strong debut season in class A. They roll Libby 41 to 6. Polson, no trouble with Ronan 35 to 10. Whitefish, one of the wins of the weekend, a 20 to 14 upset of Columbia Falls, but maybe it's not an upset. Whitefish might just be a top three or four team in class A. Columbia Falls got all the way up to number two in the polls, but now they've lost twice already. Uh, but I mean, that Northwestern A is going to be really fun to follow. That was an overtime game, by the way. Whitefish 20 to 14 over Columbia Falls. Down in the Bitterroot, Hamilton. Uh, no trouble with Stevensville, 41-7. to Dylan rolls Frenchtown, 46-14. And how about Corvallis? Corvallis off to their best start, I think, in school history now, and certainly their best start in quite some time. They're 4-0 after a 53-0 win over Butte Central. So Corvallis, uh, the real deal. Uh, Andrew, I never got to follow up with you on that. Uh, Nuan is now here on ESPN Radio. I was um, making my way down to St. George for the Grizz game last week, and... Uh, we did a whole bunch of prep coverage, and I got to listen to the interview, but just wanted to get your thoughts. I know you had Corvallis's coach on the show when I was gone. It's been funny to watch because open enrollment's a big talking point in Missoula, but there's also been some of that, and it's been a little bit more influx in, in the Bitterroot. 
But especially when it comes to football, it seems like so many of the great football players have matriculated their way one way or the other in the bid route. It's either south to Hamilton or uh, north up towards Missoula in Florence. And Stevensville and Corvallis have sort of been the, the, the side effects of that. But Corvallis has got it going a little bit. So, I mean, what did you think? What, what did you learn when you talked to the coach? I really enjoyed that conversation, actually. Yeah, I, I learned that, uh, you know, they're starting to put it together, right? And uh, actually, Coach Josh McCrossin sent me the box score uh, oh, of nice. their game against Butte Central and mentioned that it was the first time that they've been 4-0 since 1987. I mean, amazing. Which is crazy. I was thinking it was the best start of, of all time, but I mean, it's, it's the best start of my lifetime. That's why I was unaware of anyone that's better. Their first time ever beating Butte Central in Butte. Amazing. Uh, so they've really got it rolling. And I mean, they, they put this game away early. They had two punt returns for touchdown in the first quarter. Uh, they had five touchdowns by halftime and sort of cruised from there. Uh, it's it really seems like they're putting things together. Uh, it's cool and uh, to have a little bit more um, parity down there in the Bitterroot is uh, is nothing but fun uh, when it comes to just the competitive landscape, especially there in the Southwestern. A. It's always been such a competitive conference, Dylan. Sort of the, the kings of the conference for so long, but Frenchtown's been right there ever since their transition back into Class A. And then, of course, Hamilton has been on this awesome run the last three, four, five, six, seven years now under Bryce, Bryce Carver. Corvallis being in the mix, I think that's cool. I think that's good for the uh, Southwestern A. Uh, one last Class A score for you. Fergus County, the defending Class A champs, they remain undefeated 31-7 uh, over Lockwood. Some Class B... Loyal Sacred Heart, they're also still undefeated. Their top three team at Class B level. They defeat Malta 34 to 20. Never an easy trip when you got to go halfway across the universe to play the game. Eureka kept rolling. They beat Fairfield 51 0. Three Forks also kept rolling. They beat uh, Anaconda 48 to 7. So there you go. There's some of your scores from the weekend. We'll have a prep heavy first hour tomorrow as well. So stay tuned for that. So my other best of the weekend here on the Montana Football Hour here on Nuan is now. Well, it's funny. I played golf down in Sand Hollow, or down in down when I was in Utah at the Sand Hollow Resort, which is a pretty famous place there in St. George. It was over 100 degrees during the entire round, so I was just sweating like I stole something. But what a beautiful course. What beautiful topography and geology and all of that. And a really challenging course as well. But I had driven down there, but got dropped off there, and I uh, I... Ran in some clubs. I've never hit a hybrid club before. If, if you're if you're a golfer, you know about hybrids. You know some people think it's a it's a rel- reconciliation to being old or not being able to hit a uh, a long iron. Four iron is one of my favorite clubs in my bag. But I ran in some clubs and they had a hybrid in there. So I hit one for the first time ever, and I hit it really good. So then just being how I am, I was like, well. That was really fun. Maybe I should get that in my bag. So got talked myself into a nice deal for a hybrid yesterday before my round out at the ranch club. And the first time I hit it during the round on number eight, first time I'd hit it in a round period, I stuck at about three inches from the cup on uh, on hole eight, a long par three there at the ranch club. And uh, got my first birdie ever at, on that hole. I've, I've had plenty of birdies, but never on that exact hole. So uh, fun one. That was one of, that's my best personal uh, of the weekend, but my best of the weekend is uh, just the ferocity of the crowd on Saturday night at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I thought that um, I thought the opener against Butler, despite being a sellout and uh, being a beautiful afternoon, I thought that 
there was a little bit of a lack of engagement. A lot of people were down there and they were having a great time, but it seemed like people were going in and out of the stadium a ton. The beer garden was certainly full, but I just didn't. It wasn't like this jam-packed. Everybody's engaged. Everybody's hanging on the moment. Saturday night, it was. I thought that the crowd really showed out at Washington Grizzly Stadium. It was announced as the second largest crowd in stadium history, and it certainly played a huge factor uh, in the game. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Dazzler's Car Wash, our next-door neighbor right here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, just right next to us on Radio Way. Best car wash you're going to find in the city of Missoula. The vacuum's super powerful and also efficient. The whole process is very, very efficient. I mean, if you want to get in there, do the whole vacuum and all that, you can get it done in 10 minutes. If you just want to run your rig through, it only takes about four and a half, five minutes, depending on which wash you get. So go check out Dazzler's Car Wash. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated uh, at Dazzler's. Montana, they rolled the momentum of that crowd to a 17-10 victory over Ferris State. Ferris State came in with a lot of high regard, especially you know from uh, this side of the microphone. We talked all about their successes. I was very impressed with Tony Anis and uh, Malik Mitchell, uh, the head coach and uh, quarterback, respectively, of Ferris State. They both came on the show last week. I thought both of them were very, very good, very, very interesting and uh, Ferris, as advertised, they'd won 57 out of 60 regular season games coming in here to Missoula on Saturday night. They're the two-time defending Division II national champs, and uh, I thought they looked every bit of all of that and then some. I, I was really debating this yesterday while I was golfing. I was thinking, where would that Ferris State team rank in the FCS, and where would that team be uh, in the in, in not only the playoff hunt, but the Big Sky Conference hunt as well? I think that... Uh, particularly on the fronts and particularly particularly on the defensive front, I thought that team was Division I caliber. They had a ton of drop-down players, a ton of guys that started their careers in the Big Ten and the MAC. The other thing you got to know about uh, Ferris State, there's a couple states, especially in the Midwest and Western United States, I'm talking about state, like actually, the actual state, Washington State, Michigan State, those two uh, states they offer, from a state subsidization uh, standpoint, they offer additional subsidization to schools and additional ability to get Pell Grants based on minority enrollment. That then translates to sports because what's one of the best ways to boost minority enrollment at your university? By recruiting athletes. I, I got to know, learn about this firsthand when I was covering Central Washington and Ellensburg because that they're in a similar situation. So Ferris State came here with 32 football scholarships, but I, I bet you that most of the guys that played in that game are on some sort of aid, part academic, part athletic. There's probably some state subsidization there, some Pell Grant stuff. The point is you can fill out your roster pretty efficiently because of the funding that you're going to receive internally. That's one of the reasons why Ferris State's very good. They're also very good, though, because their head coach is so impressive. I think he's got a phenomenal formula. Tony Anis does. There's a reason he's 117 and 18 now. Came in 100 games over 500 coming into this one. And his team had won 28 road games in a row before they lost 17 to 10 at Montana. I thought Tony Anise was the one who stole the show after the game. Certainly, um, the Grizz, I I thought, I'm not going to say they played well, but they played with great effort, and they finished this game, and I thought they finished really well. And I thought that's a formidable opponent. I know you you can easily scoff and say, this is a Division II team. What the heck's going on with the Grizz? 
That Ferris State team was very, very talented, and I think part of that's because of the man that leads the way. Here's Tony Anis post-game following his team's 17-10 loss at the University of Montana. Coaches, opening thoughts about the game? Well, first off, uh, somebody said that was a record uh, attendance. It's pretty cool. And I think that every human being that was in attendance gave all of their effort to make as much crowd noise as possible. And, you know, if I make an excuse that we're only a D2, um, that's the excuse. We're not used to that kind of crowd noise. I don't know if anybody is. I don't know how people even manage. So that's thought number one. But uh, thought number two, you know, give give Montana a lot of credit. I mean, I, I thought they played really hard. I thought both teams played really hard. It was quite a battle. Um, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're a, a team that, you know, fights to the bitter end. You saw that. Um, we actually haven't, you know, really lost a game um, where it wasn't close in a long time, um, probably 2017. Um, and we won a lot. Um, and so I'm uh, proud of my guys. They, they were going to be, you know, they didn't come here to lose. Just put it that way. They didn't. They didn't think that they were going to lose, but uh, I told them after the after the game that I was really proud of them because you know sometimes young people they'll look at the the final score and say we won, pat yourself on the back, or we lost, I hate losing, you know. And uh, so I told them last week I was I was way more disappointed than them last week with a W than I was tonight. So I was really proud of our guys tonight. And uh, very impressed, uh, truthfully, with, um, you know, just the environment, not just the crowd noise and the level of intensity, but how the fans treated us here. It was, uh, and, 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 you know, since we've been in town, very respectful people. And uh, so just thank you for, for being so kind to us. What what allowed your team to, to to stick around? I mean, you guys were up at halftime, and you were like in control of this game for a lot of the, a lot of the time. What what allowed that? We're badasses. Yeah, We're dogs. Like yeah. They fight. I don't know what it is. You know, obviously, you guys talked about. You know, coach talked about our record, and all we do is win, win, win. And and uh, people ask me all the time why. I don't know the answer to that, but I am proud of uh, knowing that that they're going to fight you know, fight until the bitter end. And that's what we did. Unfortunately, we fell a little short. And, you know, it's hard. You know, it's hard making checks. It's hard getting in the right protections. Um, it was it was an amazing, amazing atmosphere. You guys tell me, is it is this is this every week? I mean... Every time, pretty much. That's, 30 years. That's, yeah. that's insane. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'm a little older than and than Bobby, but, you know, if he retires before me, I want this job because I'm like, we got me. That quote right there picked up a ton of momentum on social media, and you can see why. But certainly, Tony Adis, a, uh, a class act. It's the Montana Football Hour. Presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. You want a $50 gift card to Dazzler's? Call us right now. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. Car number four. We got 50 bucks for you to Dazzler's Car Wash. 888-1029. Let's hear from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the University of Montana. His team certainly 
needed to figure out a way to finish this one. They did not play well offensively. They had a really hard time with Ferris State's defensive front. They only averaged about 2.1 yards per carry, yet they still ran the ball 40-plus times and only threw it 15. This was Sam Vidlak's turn at the helm. They'd gone with Vidlak and then McDowell in the first and second halves, respectively, against Butler. Then almost exclusively with McDowell against Utah Tech. And then uh, Saturday, pretty much exclusively with Sam Vidlak. We'll discuss that a little bit more later on. Bobby Houck's general thoughts after his team's 17-10 win over at Ferris State. Yeah, what a wild, fun game. Um, it was exciting. It was just an uh, awesome night in the stadium. Um, congrats to Ferris State for coming in and fighting their tails off, trying to trying to get their 29th win on the, in the on the road in a row. And they just didn't quite get there, but they fought they fought hard. Uh, appreciation for that. Um, you know, I, it's unbelievable. Grizz, Grizz, Grizz fans are unbelievable. Grizzly football is unbelievable. I mean, we had a Division two football team in here in September, and we said a, there's 27,000 people in the stadium. It's just amazing what goes on here, and, and uh, it's a blessing, and I'm very grateful to be a part of that. Um, Ferris uh, came out, and they really played well. Uh, they gave us some stuff that... They saved some stuff for us, as they should have, and, and uh, gave us fits at times. Um, you know, we scheduled them. Um, our guys came and said, you, you, we're having trouble getting this date filled. Do you mind if we schedule a Division Two team? And I said, no, that's fine. But I, I should have said, don't schedule the Division Two team. <laughs> I mean, these guys are unreal. They're really good. I mean, they're, they're really good. And uh, admire the job that Coach does and, and – uh, Looking forward to seeing him down the road and sharing some ideas. Um, so, um, hard-fought game. We had, uh, you know, it was a weird game and at times. We uh, we did some good things, and then we couldn't sustain it. Um, I thought that uh, the defense was really good tonight, um, even adjusting some things that we hadn't seen. Uh, the defense played great. Um, it took plays from the offense, defense, and the special teams to make it happen and get that W, which is how we play and how we win. Um, you know, there are just some things that that, uh, that we didn't do cleanly enough. We had a chance to get away from them uh, probably a few times, more than, more, than, more than a couple, and we just couldn't. Part of that's uh, credit to them, and part of that's... Uh, us not finishing the job uh, but ultimately the object is to win the game and you play to win the game and we won the game. The Grizz won the game. Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. On the other side of the hill, Montana State uh, they wasted no time dispatching of Stetson. You could tell us a team on a mission, but also Stetson was completely overmatched, not only because they're a non-scholarship team from the Pioneer Football League but also because of the circumstances of their trip. They took a charter to uh, Bozeman from Orlando, but that charter didn't leave until after 10 p.m. at night. I'm not sure the reason why, but they didn't. Then they landed in Bozeman uh, after 4 a.m., and then they bust to Helena. I don't really know the reasons why all these logistical errors occurred, but, I mean, that's a 100-mile bus ride 
in the wee hours of the morning, and then you got to turn around and come right back. They arrived at Bobcat Stadium just 73 minutes before kick. To compare that to some other scenario, usually teams get to the stadium three or four hours before the kickoff, at the very least. So uh, very peculiar. Uh, and so you can see why they, you know maybe they were overmatched and they got blitzed right out the gates. Here's Brent Vegan on his team bouncing back, especially given the fact that they lost a heartbreaker two weeks ago, 20-16 to 16, at top-ranked South Dakota State. We want to be a team that, uh, you know, our, our opponent, our circumstances don't dictate how we play. And I think for the most part, we came out and played played really hard. Um, you know, you got to keep moving forward uh, as, as a football team. And, you know, that there's, there's, there's that situation where um, human nature can't set in. And I thought our guys um, took care of business. Um, we got a lot of guys in the game today, so, so pleased with our performance. Is there ever any concern going into a game like this, knowing what happened last week and then coming going to Weaver next week, that there might be any look ahead potential? Or were you? No, I think that's you know that's what you that's what you fight against. You fight against human nature. That's that's human nature. That's that's the way um, most people think. But but in football, you get one chance to play each week, and again, it doesn't matter who, when, where. That's the mentality we have to have. And I, I think you know whatever the score was at halftime, forty-one-six. Um, I mean, I think that said we we didn't take this team light, lightly and. And we went went after it, and that was the that was the message all week. You know, our, our effort couldn't be any different against this team. In fact, it should be more, and our attention to detail needed to be more. And I, I think, uh, you know, by and large, that was the case today. Three big things about the Grizz win over Ferris State. Three big things about the Bobcat win over Stetson. Plus, we'll hear from some of the players that played big hands in both wins for the Montana schools leading into Big Sky Conference play. The Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash, here on Nuanas Now. More right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Culture Nuanas. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for hanging out with us here to get your week started like we do each week. Get things started with the Montana Football Hour. This is between 4 and 5 every Monday here on Nuanas Now. Give you scores from the high school ranks from the weekend it was. Full reactions from both the Grizz and Bobcat games. And uh, always your first place to find sound bites from postgame. That's what we're going to do right now. We'll do three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. We'll hear from Alex Gubner, Bobby Houck, and Sam Vidlak for the Montana side of things. We'll also hear from Brent Vegan, 
Ryland Ort and Julius Davis on the Montana State side of things. First big thing about the Grizz, Ferris State was flat out good. And I, I, I don't want to sit here and seem like I'm making excuses for the Grizzlies. I do think the Grizz have a long way to go in certain areas. I also think, though, in certain ways, they're playing really, really well right now. I think special teams-wise, they're playing at a really high level. I think their ability to capitalize on uh, miscues and turn them into points also a huge boost for Montana. Uh, but I just think the opponent that came in here over the weekend was really, really good. I mean, I watched the game again last night. Ferris State, on the defensive front, is stacked. I mean, they have three guys that would be among, if not the best defensive linemen at any of the schools in the Big Sky. I don't think that's hyperbole at all. I think that there's several players that played on the defensive front for Ferris State that would be first-team all-league caliber type guys in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, what team in the Big Sky has two first-team all-conference caliber guys? There's only one of them. It's Montana State, and they're the defending league champs. And I still think that there's several guys on the Ferris State D-line that would start for both the Grizz or the Cats. And Weber State, Idaho, Sac State, they had several really, really talented guys. And uh, as I said, leading up to this, I said the things, usually D1 versus D2, the three biggest advantages for the D1 are as follows. Size, speed, depth. The Grizz certainly had a little bit of a speed advantage, but not nearly as much as I thought they would. The Grizz had a depth advantage, no question. The Grizz also had a home field advantage that really carried the day. But there was no size advantage for the Grizz. Ferris State was as big as Montana on the fronts. And in, in certain areas, a heck of a lot bigger. I mean, Ferris State's defensive tackle, 6'5", 349, started his career at Michigan. Goodness. I asked Alex Gubner, who in his own right, a phenomenal player, an all-American defensive tackle for the Grizz, and an NFL hopeful, what he thought of the challenge of going against a formidable opponent. They, you know, people say they're a Division II team. In my opinion, that's a Division I football team. I mean, all week... Uh, we knew, you know, these guys are good. You know, these guys aren't a typical team. Um, their O-line I, was the biggest we played all year. I mean, they're big dudes and they're physical, and I give credit to them. Um, yeah, they're a good group. Alex, you just had talked about their front and how big they were, but what was it like kind of working against those quarterbacks and kind of what they were throwing? Did they, you know, did, was it a little different than maybe dual quarterback systems you've seen in the past, or just what was what was that challenge like? Um, I wouldn't say it was a challenge prepping. I mean, we... This league has a lot of those dual-threat quarterbacks. Um, but, I mean, those are two good players, um, good at escaping the pocket, you know, and they, they're gamers. They, you know, they, they'll play backyard football if they have to. And that was sort of the, the one of the things that kept Ferris State in it. They did play a little bit of backyard football. You saw some, some motions, some counters, some reverses. They were going back and forth between uh, Malik Mitchell and the, and the other quarterback who's more of their, like, gun-run type guy. And I thought they had a great game plan coming in here. Three big things about the Grizz, three three big things about the Cats. Uh, Number one for the Cats, the Cats refused to, as Brett Vegan said, give in to human nature. If you're coming off a loss to the number one team in the country, you got your conference opener against Weber State uh, looming a week away, and you got a non-scholarship team that's supposed to come to Bozeman and lose by seven touchdowns. The Cats were 48.5-point favorites coming into this game. Well... They didn't succumb to, to human nature. Instead, uh, the Cats rolled 41-6 to at halftime, 57-20 to overall. Uh, as Montana State uh, bounces back. Here is Rylan Ort, Julius Davis on exactly that. I guess for both of you guys, um, I'll start with you, Julius, but how uh, motivated and hungry were you to get back out on the field after last week? 
Uh, very. Uh, we had the saying is, you win or you learn. Um, so we took last week as a learning experience. Um, and no matter who we're playing, it's getting better. It's us versus ourselves. So it's like we look in the mirror and look at, okay, this is what we need to improve. And that's, I feel like that's what we did this week. We, we looked at ourselves, took a real look, and then, okay, let's improve. And we did that. So. Same question. Yeah, yeah, same thing. I think, you know, our mindset was, uh, you know, control what we can control, and that's us. Um, you know, that's, that's us tackling. That's us blocking on offense. That's everything that we do. That's executing all the details and everything, controlling our effort. So I think it was just more about us this week and, uh, you know, getting, getting things right, right in the ship from last week a little bit. Julius Davis, Ryan Ort for Montana State on their win over Stetson. Second big thing for the Grizz, Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. The Grizz offense certainly still is leaving a lot to be desired, and uh, part of it's just because neither one of their quarterbacks be able to find a rhythm because they've been trying to use two quarterbacks. We can get into that later, later on in the week. The thing I think Montana's doing exceptionally well is, one, they're destroying opponents in the field position battle. Their special teams... Units have been lights out. And they've also taken advantage when they force turnovers. I mean, I, th- I think they have 38 points off of turnovers through three games. That's a, that's a huge part of the formula Bobby Houck wants to employ as the head coach of Montana. Coach, you talked last week, I think, about how downing a punt deep in the opponent's territory is the chance to, to have a big momentum swing. You were able to do it tonight again in the third quarter. And I thought that after you forced the three and out there and got good field position, it was another big momentum swing. Can you just talk about that sort of shift in those couple possessions there when you were able to down the punt? Certainly. Uh, that was a big play. Down it, We downed it inside the one. It was a great punt and a great coverage effort. Um, you know, they chose, to, uh, they chose to chuck it, which I thought was pretty good, actually, uh, by them. They, they, they went and looked to get it out of there with a – either a completion or a pass interference call. Um, they quick counted. They did some things to take take the edge off us, but they didn't get a yard, obviously. And, and when he had to punt it, um, he had to one-step it, line-drive it. Um, he had to go away from the, the pressure coming off the right edge, and uh, he line-drove it. Junior actually made a, a – he tried to kick it away from him, and I don't know if he's trying to kick it out of bounds or not, but he didn't quite get it there. That's hard for punters, I think, because you tell them not to kick it out of bounds until you do, and you yell at them when they do kick it out of bounds. So um, June made a, a really nice play to get his hands on that, and it was pretty well blocked. I mean, we blocked him up. There, It was kind of compressed into that part of the field, and they squeezed in there. But I think we had first down on the 30, first 10 on the 30, which was big, not having to go the length of the side of the ball. Probably second week in the row with that punt down inside the one, and then some more big punt returns by Junior. As a special teams guy yourself, watching from the sideline, what's the feeling like for you watching your guys execute these special teams play at a high level week after week? Yeah, they're, those guys are playing well, Frank. Appreciate you no, noticing. Um, they're doing a good job. We we felt like uh, in the kickoff and kickoff return game, we had a we had a couple shots there too, and we really didn't get to it. It's always interesting to see how teams will um, change to try to combat what we're doing. Um, you know, it's funny, our, our punt return game plan kind of got blown up because they, they switched their protection after the first two. I think they were 
worried that we were actually going to get there because we were close twice. Um, and that was kind of our plan going in. So, again, smart players uh, make coaches look smart because we had to kind of draw some of that in the dirt, and, and they handled it really well. Bobby Houck on riding the momentum and execution on special teams. Dwayne is now ESPN Radio. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. How about number two for the Cats? Rylan Ort, Missoula Sentinel product, who's now a junior there at MSU. I thought that Montana State seized the momentum pretty early against Stetson, but I thought that the final nail in the coffin came pretty early on when Ort had a pick six to sort of put it out of reach. Uh, here's just a couple seconds on uh, what he saw on the play and uh, scoring a touchdown at Bobcat Stadium. Running a little RPO, and I was kind of scraping over the top. I was going to take the back, um, and he uh, I think the QB, like, pump faked it to one guy, and I just came in the window, and I kind of saw his eyes. I was hoping he threw it, and he threw it, and ended up being in the right place. And then, uh, you know, the D-line was blocking for me. They blocked their butts off, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, what was it like to just turn and just see three guys right there just kind of performing a wall? It was pretty comfortable. I, I, I was like, I mean, I probably don't have to make anybody miss. Those guys are going to handle him, especially the QB, so. Certainly going to handle the QB. No one is now ESPN Radio. Uh, our third big thing about the Grizz, not only was it the second largest crowd in Washington Grizzly Stadium history, not only was it, at least to my knowledge, the first quote-unquote blackout in the stadium history, not only was the place rocking and uh, really, really fun, but also a world champion was on hand as well. Sugar Sean O'Malley, the uh, recently anointed champion of the world at 135 pounds in the UFC, he raised the 37 flag. He also wore number 35, which was, I thought was an interesting symbolism. O'Malley, of course, is from Helena. He wore the jersey of number 35, Braxton Hill. I think that's to symbolize his 135-pound weight class. But also there's some ties there, too. Helena is obviously the capital of Montana. Anaconda was one of the finalists to be the capital of Montana. So we were just joking on Twitter yesterday. Maybe a burying of the hatchet some hundreds of years later. But either way, a world champion in town to raise the 37 flag. And that certainly put some juice into the crowd. Here's Alex Gubner on what it was like seeing Sugar Sean in the house. Obviously, uh, the secret was revealed. Sean O'Malley in town to support you guys and getting a chance to celebrate with him, sing the fight song that I'm just not a locker room celebration. Just for both of you guys, what was that like having him here supporting the Grizz? Uh, it was it was really neat. Um, obviously, anytime after a win, it's it's a great uh, it's a great feeling. Um, and so, and then to have him there was also really neat. So, um, really, just getting a win <coughs> with the team, enjoy it for tonight before we move on to our next game. But enjoy the win, and having him here was definitely um, really cool. Yeah, I mean, sugar. It was uh, <laughs> that was crazy. I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. Um, he's obviously like the most popular fighter in the world. We all love him, and it's cool because he's from Montana. He has Montana roots, and I think he really gets what this program's about. And, yeah, that that was a once-in-a-lifetime deal. It was awesome. Alex Gubner and Sam Vidlak. Forgot to mention, Sammy Vidlak was in there uh, as well. This is the Montana football hour. Our third big thing about the Cats. Well, now the challenge reignites. The, the overwhelming storyline about Montana State football, other than, you know, True national championship aspirations as a, a team that's finished in the, the final four uh, three years in a row. A team that started out number three in the country uh, in the preseason polls. And a team that took number one ranked and defending national champion South Dakota State down to the wire. Well, the big time narrative was how they navigate this road schedule. They played at SDSU. That was a tough one. Uh, a really hard fought game and they lost uh, in narrow and heartbreaking fashion. 
It doesn't get any easier, though. They got over the hump with Stetson, of course, and uh, didn't let any trap game narratives creep to the forefront. Now they got to go to Weber State. They also have to play at Sac State and at Idaho back-to-back weeks in October, and they still have to come to Missoula as well. But now the challenge really begins. So here's Rylan Ort Julius Davis on opening Big Sky Conference play in Ogden this upcoming week. I think just building on uh, each week, you know, you got to get better each week, um, especially in the Big Sky Conference. This is a gauntlet, and we got a lot of tough road games this year. But uh, like Julius is talking about, like we talk about mental toughness a lot. That's why we train for all offseason, all summer. That's what we talk about. That's why we do the workouts that we do. They, they put us in tough situations. So when it comes to that, and it's the fourth quarter on the road in conference that, that you know, we're calm, we're prepared, and we feel like we've been there before. Just like Orr said, um, we're excited. We're, we're, we're ready to go. Um, we got a lot to improve on. Uh, we're going to enjoy this win right now. But when that when that time comes next week, that's when we'll, we'll cut on the tape, learn. Not everything was perfect today. It went in our favor today 100%. But there's there's some things we're going to clean up to, to become a more explosive team on both sides, all phases of the ball, mm-hmm. honestly. So. Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's. We'll take a look around the Big Sky Conference and also give you an update on Tommy Mullot, the Bobcat quarterback who missed Saturday. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. television. Little Triple Play 2002. It's actually Shine Down is the band, but that was like the theme song of Triple Play 2002. It was a height of my baseball infatuation and baseball video play play video game playing days, I should say. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Montana Football Hour giving you all the ins and outs of Montana's 17 to 10 win over Ferris State, as well as Montana State's 20 or 57 to 20 win, excuse me, over Stetson. One note that we left out because the Bobcats did start so fast and they laid the hammer down so quickly, scored 41 points in the first half. That was without Tommy Mallott. Sean Chambers took some snaps under center, so did Jordan Reed. Uh, but Mallott remains out. He was he got knocked out of the South Dakota State game. He came back in for a minute and then came out. Again, I was not surprised he didn't play, but he's also not listed on the depth chart this week either. Brent Vegan postgame. We'll share what Brent Vegan said today later on this week, but here's Brent Vegan postgame about his uh, junior captain quarterback. No no Tommy today. I know he was kind of questionable going into this one. I guess we'll win in that decision and not play him at all today. Uh, he's, he's not ready, um, pure, pure and simple. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a deal where he could have gone necessarily. So, you know, we'll see how that uh, develops, you know, in the next week. Um, you know, I thought Sean came out and played pretty well. Uh, and then to get Jordan in and play, a, you know, bulk of that second half, you know, that's invaluable experience. And I, I, I'm certain there was some good. And, um you know, I mean, he had 10 incompletions, so there's there's some bad with that, too. So, you know, uh, there, there's his, his time will come at some point, and, and, and opportunities like today were uh, invaluable. I thought Jordan Reed looked good. Obviously, great assault, a little bit of a limited opponent, but Jordan Reed's certainly a talented guy, a kid that's a, a redshirt freshman, six foot six out of Southern California, who uh, throws a really pretty ball. He looks like a prototype quarterback. But he had a, a bad ACL injury last year that uh, sort of derailed the beginning part of his Bobcat career. But um, certainly he and Chance Wilson are two 
guys in the program that are expected to possibly be the quarterbacks of the future. Of course, Sean Chambers is a senior, and uh, Tommy Malott a, a junior. So we'll see when Malott can be back, but it sounds like it's not going to be this week uh, as Montana State plays at number 10, Weber State. Let's take a look around the Big Sky Conference. How about Sacramento State? The Hornets go on the road and win at the farm. They beat Stanford, and uh, that in itself is impressive. But how about the fact that Andy Thompson, first-year head coach at Sac State, beats his old boss, Troy Taylor, led Sac State to three straight Big Sky Conference titles. He parlayed that success into the Stanford job, and then Sac State beats the Cardinal 30-23. to 23. Uh, Andrew Houghton chiming in here uh, on Nuanas Now. Andrew, uh, second week in a row, a Big Sky team won an FBS game. Last week it was Nevada, uh, or excuse me, Idaho beating Nevada, and then this week uh, it's Sac State going to Stanford and winning. Just your thoughts on uh, on the upset for the uh, the Hornets. Really, really big statement. Uh, say what you will about the state of Stanford's football program right now, which is not great. Uh, but still, beating Stanford is another level uh, than what Idaho did last week in beating a Nevada team that they were favored against. Uh, what a what a statement for the program, right? Andy Thompson takes over, goes and beats Troy Taylor's team in his first year. Caden Bennett looked like a star. If you haven't seen the the winning touchdown in this game, go ahead and watch it. Caden Bennett manages to escape the pocket, flip the ball out to Marcus Fulcher on the sideline. And he beats everybody down the right sideline for a 50-yard touchdown. We talked last week. Uh, the big theme of our conversations last week was what have we learned about these teams in the big sky? We learned a ton about Sacramento State on Saturday. Other big sky conference scores. Weber State played at Utah. And uh, Utah, of course, one of the top programs in the country. Number 12 this week in the poll. And no, no trouble for the Utes, 31-7. to Washington State looked like they were going to score a million against uh, Northern Colorado. The Northern Colorado stopped the bleeding for a minute and actually got a couple touchdowns, but then Washington State cranked it back up, and uh, Wazoo wins 64-21. Idaho was winning at halftime, 10, uh, excuse me, 17-14. They were up 10-0 in the first quarter, 17-14 at half at Cal, but then Cal scores 17 unanswered in the second half to win 31-17. Eastern Washington, they get on the board. Their first win, 40-29 to over southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana, of course, the Lions. They were in Missoula for the playoffs in 2019, and they beat Idaho in the playoffs last year. So uh, a playoff program, and uh, Eastern maybe a little bit better than advertised. Uh, they were competitive against Fresno State, took them to double overtime, and then uh, beat a playoff team. So uh, maybe Eastern's a little better than we thought. Idaho State takes it on the chin. They lose 41-17 at home to Northern Iowa. Cal Poly gets their second win, 41-20 over Lincoln in NAIA school. UC Davis outlasts Southern Utah, 23-21. Portland State sets the Big Sky Conference scoring record. They beat North American University, 91-0. That one should have an asterisk on it. Only be, I mean, good job, Portland State. Get your first win, whatever. But North Americans was just, I mean... Portland State didn't even score in the fourth quarter, and they still scored 91 points. How ridiculous is that? I wish that those games would just go away. I understand. I get it. I feel bad for Portland State because they can't get non-conference home games except for if they get Lincoln and North American to come there. 
But I just I wish there was some sort of stipulation or bylaw or something where that game just doesn't have to happen. I mean, North American had already lost their first two games against NAIA opponents by almost 100 points coming into this week. Then they play a D1 and they lose by almost 100 in one game. Just doesn't seem like it's in the spirit of competition. Last Big Sky score for you. This one was an eye-opener. Utah Tech, who played in Bozeman week one and then in Missoula, or excuse me, in St. George against Montana in week two, the Trailblazers, they built a 37-7 halftime lead in Flagstaff and win going away 50-36. to So NAU is Oferder, their non-conference. They're giving up points in bunches, and uh, they're reeling right now. Utah Tech seemed to me when I saw them in person two weeks in a row that they were a long ways away from being Division I caliber. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, they're not a long ways away from being D1 caliber. They're a long ways away from being a premier Division I program. But Northern Arizona might be as well, and it's it's very perplexing to me that NAU's had the struggles that they've had, just given where they're located, where they can recruit from, how cool of a town Flagstaff is, the decent tradition that's there. I mean, Northern Arizona has a... Uh, a Walter Payton Award winner and Archie Amerson, they've been to the FCS playoffs a handful of times. I mean, that, that's that's better than a lot of the schools uh, in the big sky or, or around the West in the FCS. It's really weird to me that they haven't been able to get it going. I, I don't really know why. But maybe we'll find out a little bit more why because the Grizz play in Flagstaff at Northern Arizona this upcoming week. There's your big sky scoreboard here on the Montana Football Hour. Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. Our next door neighbor right here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, located right next to us here on Radio Way. Hour one, the Bucks. Hour two coming at you. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornowick. Longtime NFL coach, our go-to guy when it comes to breaking down the National Football League. He'll join us in studio right after this. Keep it right here. Come on, is now. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.